The Sit With Warriors podcast originated with the concept of simply that. The idea of when you sit with warriors, the conversation is different. And when someone put it to me that way, I really sat and reflected on how many incredible women, women warriors, leaders, heroines, mentors, badass women that I think would be incredibly inspiring for others to hear from. So we put forth this podcast in the hopes of sharing stories of authenticity and of of inspiration. All the guests I have on the podcast will share with you real and authentic stories of love and life and laughter, of moments of transition, of moments of triumph, of those moments of aha, and perhaps some of the lowest. But they're all here to share and for us to sit together. So I ask, will you share with us and sit with us? Today, we sit with Deborah. I want to thank you, Deborah, for sitting with us today. And we welcome our resident astrologer, Deborah, with us for our discussion about Mercury today. Yeah, so we're actually taping on a Wednesday. So, very appropriate because Mercury is the ruler of Wednesday, or in French, Mercredi, which is helping us along with these meanings, right? Because the word Mercury is right there. So it's easy. Yes, completely. So today, Wednesday, Mercredi, Mercury Day is a great day for podcasting and talking and blogging and writing and reading and real just communicating. So even great just to catch up with friends. So I mean, I think we could even really say that Mercury rules. Why not? So there's lots to unpack with Mercury where we're going to get into the retrograde, which is probably something that a lot of people have uh, heard about. So let's dive in. The archetype for Mercury is the communicator. And the other side that is interesting is Mercury can also be the trickster. Mercury is also the messenger. Mercury is also the guide and in more modern talk, the networker. Mm. So what we've been doing just to kind of keep it consistent is we start off with a little bit of technical stuff, like not enough to get boring, hopefully, (laughs) but we'll start off just with a little bit of technical stuff. So there's no planet other than the moon, which really we don't call a planet. It's a luminary that's closer to the sun. And it's also the fastest moving planet, again, besides the moon. So that is Mercury. And I think I mentioned this just at the end of the last podcast about Mars, but something that's interesting about Mercury because it is so close to the sun, it's never more than one zodiac sign away from the sun. So in your birth chart, if you have, say, we'll use your example, Jordan, if you have the sun in Gemini, then there are only three possible natal placements for Mercury. It's either going to be one sign before, which would be Taurus, or it will be in the Mm -hmm. same sign as your sun sign, Gemini, or it might jump ahead to Cancer. So that's pretty consistent. So you can see that a lot of people that have, they're going to have the same Mercury as their sun sign, which is really going to amp up the Mercury, because that takes us to another characteristic of Mercury, which is that it really tends to take on the characteristics of whatever it's close to. It's got that 
adaptability, malleability. That means that it's going to very much take on the nature of whatever planet it's close to or in aspect with. And it's kind of interesting because I think as Mercury is being very current in that it does rule technology, which has really come to dominate our lives. Information, you know, which is like we're in the information age with the internet. And also I think Mercury, it's non-binary. So it's very gender fluid. Mm. Uh, We often refer to the planets with those masculine and feminine pronouns, but Mercury is not like we don't do that. It's a they. (laughs) So, so there you go. I appreciate that as well. What it signifies astrologically. So let's just to do a little bit of a review. So the sun where we started is that core self, your identity. The moon is going to rule your emotions, your feelings. And then we did Mars and Mars was very much about our drive and taking action and just that borderline between assertion and aggression. So with Mercury, it's our mind. It's the way that we think. So it's our thoughts, our capacity to think, to observe, to process and transfer information. So words, speaking, writing, teaching, learning, reading, and it's how we think, it's what we think about, and it can even be what we talk about and our communication style. You know, whether we speak slow, fast, how responsive we are, that type of thing. So I think for today, we're going to look at it a slightly different way, and that's going to be good day, bad day. So Mercury on a good day, Mercury on a bad day. And then maybe that's a little more relatable. And then when we do get to the piece where we're going to go through Mercury and all of the signs, we'll do the same thing. We'll think of it as good day, bad day. So maybe a little bit more of a positive spin on it, right? Okay, good. So um, the energy of Mercury on a good day is that it's, it's very communicative. So Mercury is the talker and it's intelligent, it's rational, it's interested, curious, And it has that sort of cleverness to it. And then what we could say bad day, Mercury, is that it rules the nervous system. So there can be that restlessness or a little bit of that jittery, nervous energy. And that might come across as being over talkative, chattery. Mm -hmm. And then also, like we mentioned briefly in Gemini, there is that tendency to know a little about a lot. So versus that, you know, wanting to deep dive and really get a good grasp on things. It's just kind of like a little butterfly flitting from subject to subject. So jack of all trades, master of none. And then one of the other more negative iterations of Mercury is the gossip. That can be another one of the shadow archetypes. So if we think about Mercury. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, all good. (laughs) We're having a Mercury glitchy conversation here. (laughs) We're being very Mercury right now, aren't we? (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, Okay. So Mercury in the world around us. So how can we see it so that it sort of makes sense to us? So I already mentioned technology. So that's huge because it's that access to quick, quick information. So the Internet, our cell phone, computers, televisions, podcasts, sending emails, all of the things we think about is our technology that surrounds us. Think about the game of Jeopardy. So that trivia, Jeopardy, Trivial Pursuit. Also, uh, Mercury rules uh, movement and transportation. So 
it gets us around. So then we can also equate that to how we get around. And it's quick journeys and short journeys. So it's not necessarily flying overseas, but it's the quick journeys that you make in your car or maybe on the subway, that type of thing. And also Amazon Prime is a great example of Mercury because it's that quick, fast delivery. Quick access. Yep, for sure. All right. So are we ready to talk about Mercury retrograde? Oh, yes. <laughs> always all ears for that. There's so ma- always oh. get so many questions regarding Mercury retrograde. So I'm sure we'll have lots of listeners that are definitely anxious to hear more. And there is probably a lot more than we're going to get into here. But just briefly, so to start off again with that just slightly technical explanation. So what the heck is Mercury retrograde? A retrograde for any planet happens when the sun seems to be moving faster than it so the other planet appears to be moving backwards from our perspective here on earth and the best way to think about that is you know that weird sensation that i think we've all had when you're in a parked car but the car beside you moves and you think you're moving you know that feeling that's really what's happening because it's perception it's not really happening but that's what we perceive to be happening from where we are on earth and all of the planets go retrograde except for the sun and the moon so it happens to all of the planets but again because mercury moves so fast it actually goes retrograde three times a year and it is retrograde for approximately three weeks but there is a cycle of threes here because technically the three weeks before the retrograde are significant then there is the actual retrograde and then there's the after period three weeks after and the reason it's significant again not to get too technical but what you're looking at is the degree that mercury is at prior to going retrograde and then how long it takes it to get back to that which is a bit of a longer Mm. stretch so that period after After the retrograde is a great time just really to assimilate whatever happened. So we could look at it that way. So it goes about three times a year for three weeks. The next one coming up in our astral weather is on May the 10th at four degrees of Gemini. So we're not going to go into that now, maybe another episode a little later down the road. But what's interesting is with the retrogrades, just like everything else we've been talking about there is that collective significance. So for all of us, so we're, we're going to look at Gemini and, oh, well, Mercury rules Gemini. And what are some of the Gemini themes and how is that going to figure into this retrograde? But then we can also look at our individual chart and find out and see where does Gemini and Mercury, where do they fall in my chart? And what houses does Gemini occupy? And so where is Mercury affecting me personally? So it always has that dual significance. So that's enough of, I think, the technical stuff. So in pop Hmm. culture, Mercury retrograde has taken on this huge significance, which I think is awesome. Like you've all seen the memes, right? I love these memes. I collect them. I I think they're (laughs) awesome. Like the one, you know, may your Mercury be a little more Freddy and a lot less retrograde. And, you know, like there's just some really fun ones. So there is sort of that pop culture phenomenon that a lot of people are getting familiar with. And I think that one of the reasons for that is just because in our current age, we're just so consumed with technology because of our cell phones and our computers and emails and texts and deliveries and all those things. They have so much traction right now in our current culture. It's something that a lot of people have tuned into and noticed. So in a nutshell, it's that trickster energy coming through 
when all manner of those devices or means of technology and communication can just go a bit awry. They can, there's snafus, like technical snafus is one manifestation of a mercury retrograde. That can be your cell phone mm -hmm. dies, your computer breaks down, you drop your cell phone in the toilet. I don't know, <laughs> something, right? You send, you send, <laughs> yeah. a you send a text to the wrong person. Uh-oh. <laughs> Mixed up yeah. deliveries, hitting reply all on an email. And I mean, I think actually my daughter has a great example of that, of working in like a school with 120 people on staff and getting a text or an email from the principal and then replying all so that every single person in the school saw the reply. It's like, oh my gosh, no, no. <laughs> so another thing would be maybe mixed ups with some signed documents, maybe test results. If you were doing travel plans, they could get a little bit messed up. And the other piece of this that is also really important is about, which all of the retrogrades do, is it's taking you into your past. So one of the common things that will occur or that people have had occur is hearing from people from your past. Again, that meme is the text from your ex or, you know, don't text your ex during Mercury retrograde or the X factor. But that really does come from that idea of going over the past. There are absolutely, though, some really constructive ways that you can use this time when Mercury retrograde comes up. And you could call it I guess, survival tips, which I think will be really helpful. Absolutely. So it's a good time to catch up. It's a good time to, instead of starting something brand new during that three-week Mercury retrograde, it's a good time to finish what you've already started, right? And it's all of mm -hmm. the re-words. So retrograde is re. And even as I go through these words, and I don't know, maybe you can come up with a few other ones. I think you can see that there is a lot of healing potential that's really packed into those words. So reflect, mm -hmm. review. And it's okay to sign stuff. I know sometimes people think, oh, you can't sign anything you don't want to send it i think the message is about review is just to review what you are signing or sending you know just to take that little extra bit of time to go over it before you send it so review realign reconnect so that can be that piece of the past and because mercury rules communication great time to reconnect with somebody that you haven't done that with in a while or somebody from your past to relax take it easy to reclaim and i know a lot of what you teach is about that empowering yourself so to reclaim who you are your energy to retrieve so retrieve is again kind of going back over the past it could be processing stuff from the past and then a really important one is release so you know once you can do some of these things to be able to let them go to just release, let go, let it get out there. So I think you can see there's a lot of potential, healing potential that is packed into some of those words and concepts. Can you think of any other of the rewords? And I was just thinking about, it's interesting, we also talk about regeneration. And so we regenerate ah. during times of rest yes. and the idea of relaxation also are E-words. And we talk about reviewing mm. and reevaluating. And see, to me, that's a mindfulness practice as well. I like to think, especially yes. being, as you know, Gemini and retrograde can sometimes really kick me in the butt, especially with <laughs> me having many, and talk about balls in the air and many things on the go. So it's important that I be really mindful during those periods. And so I try and really make sure that I help support myself 
by not overextending myself, not overcommitting, being mindful of my timing, being mindful of my daughter and other people in my environment that may also be impacted by it, right? It's not just mm. me, <laughs> it's mm-hmm. everyone else. And so, yes. you know, trying yes. to, it's that idea of really being mindful during those times, like you said, and it's a really great time to turn inward. Right. And that's that idea of that self-healing. And so yes. during retrogrades, I really recommend that we sort of take a minute to just sort of I say, turn down the volume, kind of go within a little bit, sort of clean up our, you know, inner house, so to speak, tidy Mm -hmm. up those things, like you said, that are unfinished, like you mentioned, Mm -hmm. you know, bring some resolve is another word for it. Some idea of some resolution to some things that may have been lingering. Like you said, there's reasons why they're left open or why they need to be brought back in for healing is because they're unresolved, right? Right, right. Like soul retrieval even as, you know, that's a a really powerful process. I love that. I think I love all of those. And I think, again, just kind of tie into everything is it's going to happen anyway. Like this is all going to happen anyway. That's right. So and, and absolutely, you can live your life. And that's what we should be doing. But when you can tune in to some of these energies, and then you do create that connection, that alignment, then that's really powerful and empowering, right? Absolutely. Like I said, it's the idea of staying in flow. Like I said, it's going to happen anyways, right? Mercury retrograde yes. is happening three times a year. So let's let's learn yep. how to embrace it. Let's learn how to work with it and really right. love that section of our cycle as opposed mm-hmm. to being, mm-hmm. I know it's kind of, like I said, it's kind of that social pop culture yes. kind of concept, but instead of it's scoffing or fighting it. Yes, exactly. Not, I'm sure our listeners are like, okay, let's implement some of this now. I like it. I love it. Okay, so what we've been doing with the personal planets and the personal luminaries or planets are the sun, the moon, we've done those, we've done Mars, and we're doing Mercury today, and then we have Venus coming up on Friday. So the personal planets, they really do have a direct impact on our our makeup and our character and our potential. So we've been going through what it means when that planet and that planet's energy, because I always think of the planets as energy, is in where it is at in our natal chart. What sign is it occupying? We can't do the house because we don't have individuals, but we can really unpack a lot of meaning by going through the planet and the signs. So that's what we're going to do here again, is just move through the placement of Mercury and where it occurred, what sign it's in, in your birth chart. And again, you can look this stuff up on astro.com or if you have your birth chart. But also just interesting to keep in mind, like we said at the beginning, that Mercury is never going to be more than one sign away from your sun. So that really narrows it down because there's 12 signs, (laughs) right? Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. A lot of the time as we go through this, I think, because it's still always going back to what are some of the characteristics of that zodiac sign and who the ruler is, that it just keeps reinforcing all of that. Only now it's expressing the energy of whatever planet we're focusing on. And today is Mercury. So we're going to start with the natal placement was Mercury in the planet Aries in your natal chart. So on a good day, Mercury in Aries is very clear thinking, fast talking, it's decisive, it's going to be the one to come up with solutions. So people present problems, Aries, Mercury is going to be able to say, ha, I've got a solution, this is what we can do. It's a very direct and cut to the chase way of speaking and thinking. So the kid in the classroom that has their hand up, and they're like, pick me, pick me, that's kind of that idea of the Mercury in Aries energy. On a bad day, what I kind of thought of was, you know, the mind blown emoji. It's not mind blown, but sort of their brain is on fire. 
<laughs> so I had an image of that mind blown <laughs> emoji because it's just like they're just yes. so fired up, right? So that yep. that's a, it's an image. So there can be the tendency maybe to interrupt because they've just got so many things going on. They just you know may interrupt. Not the best listener sometimes, and just that sort of failure to see another person's viewpoint. So to be able to put themselves in another person's shoe and see it from their standpoint. So moving into Mercury and Taurus, that's a very different energy because it's an earth sign and it's a fixed earth sign. An idea of Mercury in Taurus is that in order to really understand and comprehend something, so to learn it, they have to do it. So they're very much a visual and a tactile learner. And they have a wonderful knack for being able to express things with simplicity in a way that people can understand. So think of the kiss way, right? Which is keep it simple. They're able to convey information and ideas in that very steady kind of practical way that's easily understood. It's like a distilling. So distilling the essence of something and then being able to communicate that. Just a funny little like fact, that. and we're, I'm going to throw a few of these in. They can tend to hang on to, I don't know if you do this because you have Mercury in Taurus. They tend to hang on to their old tech. So their old cell phones and their old computers. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. I have all of them. That's <laughs> I have every awesome. cell phone I've ever owned, I think. Minus a Blackberry that maybe got lost in like a flood or something. But yeah, no, I'm, I actually am serious. I actually, it's funny you say that because I was cleaning out as part of like, you know, the spring cleaning purge, right? You go through right. like cupboards and, and boxes and things. And I pulled out a box and it was literally full of iPhones, iPhone boxes and iPhone parts and cases oh and things. Oh my gosh. Like, oh my goodness. Like what so, do you do with all this stuff? So there you go. That. I love that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's all good day stuff. Then bad day is, and again, we're going pretty fast, just like Mercury would want us to do, which would be to flit through these quite quickly, is that there can be a reluctance to change their mind. So, you know, they get an idea mm -hmm. and there's a determination to hang on to that. You think of the dog with a bone. Yeah. Um, and again, with the bad day, they're not necessarily bad. They're just, you know, ways that you can look at these things and how they manifest because nobody's perfect, right? You got it. Absolutely. <laughs> Okay, so the next one we'll look at is quite strong because it's Mercury in Gemini. So it's in its home because it rules Gemini. So Mercury is very comfortable in the sign of Gemini. This is talker and the one that has all of the witty responses. There's a lot of curiosity. So they're interested in a lot of things. And they have a very diverse knowledge of a lot of topics. This is your classic person that you would say, oh, they have the gift of gab. They can think on their feet. And again, hopefully not dating myself too much, but I think the perfect example of this is Hawkeye Pierce in MASH, who is that witty, quick talker, always has a joke, always has a comeback. And in my own life, I have two people. One is a co-worker, but also a close friend. And the other is a family member. And both of them have Mercury in Gemini. And they also have their son in Gemini. So they're going to have a good dose of this. And this is just them to the T. Talker, funny, witty, quick responses, just, just really quite uncanny how this manifests in two examples from my own circle, you know, fairly close circle. Yeah. Um, and then just a practical little tidbit, they would be good at doing uh, crossword puzzles, they would like that kind of thing, word search. And in today's world, they're probably really good at Wordle. There you they go. Jump onto the Wordle bandwagon. So on a bad day, Mercury and Gemini is going to be easily bored. 
So this is the eyes glaze over. They're not really interested in the subject anymore. Their energy can be a little bit scattered, like their thought patterns can be a little bit scattered. And Mercury is logical and reasonable. So they tend to rely on that and they may bypass their intuition and that feeling of coming from a heart-centered place because it's very mental. It's very cerebral. So that might be something that needs a little bit of work. Mm -hmm. All right. So the next one is Mercury in Cancer. So Cancer is ruled by the moon. So they have a great memory because the moon is also about the past and it's about retaining things, history. So the Mercury and Cancer person has a great memory. They tend to be reflective. So having that quality of being able to ruminate and reflect, they're a good listener. So unlike our Aries Mercury, the Cancer Mercury is a very good listener. But then also, you know, that can come into being um, a little bit withdrawn sometimes. They're very honest, so very honest in their emotions. And an interesting tidbit that, again, I have seen actually manifest is that they can appear to be a mother figure to others, particularly their friend group, but they also will have quite a need to talk to their own mother or a mother figure and to stay in close communication and contact. Mm -hmm. Interesting. And the bad day is that there can be a little bit of shyness, not to say that's necessarily bad. So I hope no one's thinking these bad day things are like that. A tendency to blush easily and also to take things very personally. So that can sometimes manifest as being maybe a little bit defensive. Really interesting. Okay, time to get to Leo. So Mercury and Leo ruled by the sun. And on a good day, Mercury and Vigo is very extroverted, an extroverted energy, and they have a confident speaking style. So they have that ability to hold and sway an audience. They can be a great storyteller. Also a creative thinker, so able to come up with solutions, but their mind working creatively. And they have that loyalty, so they tend not to talk badly about their friends. That sense of not gossiping, but loyal to their... There's, I was going to say loyal to their subjects, but you know, of course, I meant <laughs> to their friends and family, right? <laughs> <laughs> so on a bad day, because Leo is also that fixed energy, there can be pride and just that sense of not being willing to admit when they don't know something or done something. They sometimes won't own up to that. And then Mercury in Virgo isn't really interesting because it's the only time this happens with a planet. So Mercury rules Virgo as it does Gemini, but it also rules Virgo. So it's in its domicile or its home sign but it's also exalted which is like the highest expression of a planet so it's both of those things in Virgo so it's very strong there so on a good day you have a very analytical and orderly mind and somebody who just loves categorizing and classifying things and so if you think of the program of excel that is the perfect iteration of that it's that spreadsheet that has everything categorized virgo mercuries are going to love labels they like labels and tables and files and things like that very detail oriented they make a great editor so this is who you would want to have the red pen to edit your work. And they also are like Mercury and Gemini. They have that sort of logical, rational way of thinking. 
on a bad day, there can be overthinking, right? Again, overthinking something, maybe not feeling it so much. And there is that tendency for perfectionism. So that means that they're hard on themselves, which really hurts, but they also can be hard on other people. And they don't suffer fools. So another way of saying that is, you know, they don't have a lot of patience sometimes if somebody doesn't quite, you know, they don't think they quite measure up to their smarts. Yes. But very strong placement of Mercury is in Virgo. So the next one is in Libra. So on a good day, Mercury expressing through the sign of Libra is going to have that Libran diplomacy and that ability to charm and to persuade. There's a great deal of tact and they're smooth. Let's face it, this is your smooth talker. And they can make a very good counselor because they are able to see both sides and there is an ability to empathize, but it's not like the felt empathy of one of the water signs. It's more that intellectual ability to see both sides, but also to have a slight detachment that comes with the air signs. On a bad day, they may have a difficult time to make a decision because they're always weighing, you know, both sides, pros and cons, to take a stand with something. And also there can be a little bit of wishy-washiness. Good to know. Again, okay, we're cruising. To take note of these things. Yeah. <laughs> We're cruising right through. So the next one is Mercury and Scorpio, another water sign, a fixed water sign. On a good day, there's a great deal of efficiency with the way that Mercury Scorpio processes information and with their thought patterns. They are able to cut to the chase. They don't give away more than is necessary to give away. And they have a very strong ability to do mind over matter. So again, making up the mind and then being able to just stick with it. But interestingly, this is also one of the wittier placements for Mercury. So witty one-liners, they have good detective skills. So they're able to probe and to really get to the depth of a matter or a subject because they have that curiosity to want to know the whys and they're able to get to that. Now on a bad day, this can be a very sarcastic placement. So if you think of the symbol of the scorpion, they can sting with their sarcasm. And you combine that with the fact that because they have such a keen and probing mind, they can find somebody's weakness or what their Achilles heel is, and they could go for it. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. That sting of the Scorpio. What I find sometimes too with the good day, bad day is these things are often much more apparent when you're young. And I think that because there's just so much going on, there's so much turbulence, at that age as you're discovering yourself and you're trying to figure it all out, that these things often work themselves out and mellow out as you get older. And I feel that I can mm -hmm. really speak to that perspective. And so I do think that's true with a lot of these concepts. And even especially when we talk about Saturn, which we'll do for Saturday, it very much works itself out as you get older. Okay, so we're up to Sag. So Sagittarius is good day, very open-minded, generous with always being able to give people the benefit of the doubt because they're a believer. They can also spin a pretty good yarn. It's a lot of sparkle and pizzazz and Dad rules philosophy. So they could very much embrace and be able to really get their head around these philosophical concepts and be open to that, be open to those ways of thinking. The bad day is just that foot and mouth disease, right? So very honest, mm -hmm. but maybe to the point of bluntness that can sometimes be a little hurtful. And the other thing with the mercury in Sag 
nudges that they can maybe have that tendency to get up on their soapbox a little bit and try to convert and preach maybe at Mm. the same time. All right. So next is Capricorn. Saturn rules Capricorn. And on a good day, Mercury and Capricorn is a very disciplined thinker. So with their thoughts, they are able to filter and then to remove any chatter. Again, that word I think of distill, I'm able to really do that, get rid of that extraneous chatter that doesn't matter. So you could almost think of their brain as being very efficient and organized. They sometimes come across as being stoic, which, you know, is because they really are not a chatterer. They're not going to open their mouth and say something unless they feel that they have a good reason to do so, or they have something meaningful to say. And I find that interesting because there is a, again, just as just speaking personally, someone I know who has this placement, they were described with that very word of stoic by someone who doesn't follow astrology and just basically going on a first impression. And that's not a word that you necessarily use a lot, but that was the word that the person used to describe them is, oh, they're very stoic. So I thought that was uh, was pretty interesting. They have a very dry sense of humor. And also, again, one of those little facts to throw in is they tend to be influenced by the idea of their father. So uh, Saturn does carry very much with it that energy of the father. So that can be a thing for Mercury Mm. Capricorn. And then on a bad day, just maybe coming across as a little too serious with the Capricorn. Sometimes that's a thing, like all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy. So coming across a little bit too serious and maybe being perceived as though they're lacking emotion. Not saying that's true, but coming across as lacking emotion. And something that would really bother them is they would not want to be seen as not knowing something. So they would not really want to show that kind of a vulnerability. They don't like that, being perceived that they don't know something. So we're just about near the end. Um, Aquarius is next. And a good day, they have also, because they're also ruled by Saturn. Capricorn ruled by Saturn in an Earth sign. And then got Aquarius also ruled by Saturn. Traditionally, in modern rulership, we're going to bring in Uranus, is also fixed, but it's more of the mental. So on a good day, they have that capacity to think logically, but they also have a lot of originality around their thoughts. So the perfect way I can see to express this is Doc Brown and Back to the Future. Mm. That's okay. a great Mercury and Aquarius. And they have affinity for social justice. So very much would be thinking about that and also expressing that and supporting that. And they can be an advocate for change. And they do have that deep coming from a place of sincerity and truth. On a bad day, like all of the fixed expressions of Mercury, there can be that sort of my mind is made up. So that kind of maybe unwillingness to bend a little bit. And then there's the dreaded know-it-all. So that can also sometimes come across with the Mercury in Aquarius. And then the very last one is Mercury in Pisces. And just like Mercury in Virgo is unique in all of the planets in that it is in its domicile and it's exalted, Pisces is in its detriment and we call its fall in the planet of Pisces. But not to say that that's necessarily a bad thing. It isn't at all. It's just that Mercury is mental and quick and agile. And then with Pisces, we have that watery, nebulous, mutable 
kind of energy. And actually, Mercury is in Pisces right now. So with the day mm -hmm. that we tape this, that's where he's been cruising through for a while. We I get into this because this is really, I think it's probably one of the most fun facts that we'll share at the end of the little Mercury and Pisces thing. So the Mercury and Pisces has a great deal of empathy, really able to feel what others are feeling and almost like a telepathy that they can get into other people's heads. And while they may not be as adept at communicating or expressing themselves through some of those Mercury methods of talking, writing, speaking, it's more through art. And so it can be writing, but it might be writing poetry or writing music performing, dance, painting, those types of things. And then this is where we get to this really cool phenomenon. So there is something that's about the Mercury in Pisces of the mermaid essence, so that archetype of the mermaid who can go down into the depths underneath and then come back up and vocalize. So that little mermaid, almost like an archetype, and a phenomenon of them having a beautiful singing voice and perfect pitch. Now get this, get this lineup of women who have the placement of Mercury in Pisces. Aretha Franklin, Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, Lady Gaga, Billie Holiday, and Nora Jones. Oh, that is right. Like that. can't argue that. That's it, just, I mean, those it, are like pillars. Those are like that, the pillars. Are right. Like, like female that, artists that are, I know. yeah. So I've got the mind blown that's, that's emoji incredible. on that one. Oh, yeah. Totally. I'm with you on that one. I'm like yeah. nodding my head here with you. I'm like, heck yeah, they are. No <laughs> surprise. Right. And then a funny little quirk is not great with directions and getting lost. Ah. So bad day equals maybe a little bit oversensitive and impressionable. So able to, you know, maybe get drawn down the rabbit hole of muddied up facts and deception. And they would learn best in a more unstructured type of environment. Okay. So that wraps that part up. So again, hopefully people find something in there for themselves, but also for others. It gets kind of interesting. And then the little piece we've been adding on at the end is maybe some of the colors that you might want to wear on Wednesday or that are associated with Mercury. So grays and silvers, blues and greens. So anything that's variegated. So this might even be like Joseph's, you know, technicolor dream coat or something. And the stones I had, now hopefully you have something to add to this, but the big one I came up with was fluorite for Mercury. Mm -hmm. Yes. And I thought maybe green aventurine. What do you have to say about that? Yeah, for Mercury in particular, it always goes back to you know, that mindfulness practice. And so for me, I recommend with clients just really try and remain really grounded. And so we talk about protection and grounding. And so I actually agree with the green adventuring because it actually is also very protecting. It's got a strong EMF buffer in it, but it also was very soothing and calming for that male heart center, which can be that pushiness, mm -hmm. that type A personality, that idea of driving and pushing the scheduling and the routine base, which as we know during retrograde doesn't really serve us, right? So mm -hmm. again, mm -hmm. and a time for us to really help support that masculine heart center and also the throat chakra. So we talk about things right. like in, in the blues and in the greens, but we talk about things like blue aventurine or things like sodalite or mm. chryscola or even an amzonite can be very calming. I recommend things like hematite and black tourmaline during okay. retrograde. Hematite reduces stress and is very good for grounder. Black tourmaline. The bully stone in my practice. And we use it <laughs> particularly to help us from a buffering standpoint. 
And so when we okay. wear that, I always tell people it's like it goes back to old times too. So anything they push at you goes back. So it kind of creates a little bit of a buffer over us. And as an empath or in retrograde, if you're trying to really be mindful of your communication, mindful of your energy, and I always recommend that people just sort of be mindful of that through, you know, their stone use as well. So mm -hmm. definitely anything in the blues and the greens of things like aquamarine is also one that people will talk about wearing during retrogrades to help keep them calm and in flow. Mm -hmm. Again, working with that idea of being able to work with the energy, not against it. And so that's right. another one that I would say of, yeah, like I said, we talk about the good and the bad. I try and think of it as a good period, but I, I know many of us will find mm -hmm. that we might find quote unquote suffer during it. And so I love using right. crystals during this period. I definitely recommend people try crystal therapy into their practice, especially during times of Mercury retrograde. I love that. Awesome. We've also been finishing off with just a little bit about your own chart. So I feel like that's really important to do right now because in your chart, you have the sun, Mars, the Midheaven and the North Node, all in Gemini. But as if that wasn't enough, your ascendant is Virgo and Virgo is ruled by Mercury. So mm -hmm. you have a Mercury as your chart ruler. So the way I can see that is, you know, with Mercury, a very quick and intelligent mind, craving variety and change. You can juggle lots of balls. I think you mentioned that already. Can get easily bored. <laughs> and then uh, the career with Mercury up on your Midheaven is very much pointed towards communication so teaching writing podcasting and then just to mention you do have your moon in the sign of Taurus so Taurus I think is what is giving you that grounded earthiness and also because you use touch you have that really deep emotional connection to nature, which is a perfect iteration of the moon in Taurus. Mm. Yeah. Well, thank so you. You, you yeah. and the Taurus moon. The more I work with that concept, the more at home and the more peaceful I feel about myself and mm. many things when mm -hmm. I really embrace that Taurus aspect of it, of my personality. Well, and I mean, Virgo is also an earth sign, right? So that mm -hmm. is the, yes. the ascendant. So that's good because that does help to ground all of that mm -hmm. mental chatter and the mental can sometimes get scattered and nervous so it's good to have that balance of the groundedness of the, of the earth signs yeah so i feel like we kind of did a really good mercurial <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, trip through mercury <laughs> like it was fast there it and is communicate yeah and communicated a lot of information so hopefully that's uh, what came across Absolutely. I love when Mercury. Are... I, I love I love the energy of Mercury. And this was probably one of the most fun podcasts for me to think about and to put together. Excellent. And I love your enthusiasm and passion about it. And I know that our listeners will definitely resonate with a lot of this information. And I'm so grateful to have you with us again today. And I so appreciate you coming to sit with us. And I want to thank you again for your time and energy and effort. And we look forward to our next episode, which will be on... It will be on Judy, which is Thursday, is Jupiter. And Jupiter is the first first planet that we'll have okay. dealt with it is not a personal planet it's more a social planet because it stays in the mm -hmm. same sign for a really long time meaning there's a lot of people that will have that placement so it's a little bit of a different way of looking at things but then uh, Thursday the, then we'll get to Venus on Friday <laughs> which will be there something I'm sure that lots it's of people coming. will want to hear about yeah okay well thank you so much again for having me and uh, yes, letting me talk about what I love I love it we love your passion have a wonderful day and we send you love and light. Thank you again. Thank you. Bye.